Attention, this is not legal advice. If you are experiencing a legal emergency, contact an attorney or your local public defender's office. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of Gin and Justice. Welcome to Gin and Justice. I need some gin. Let's talk about justice. A real look into what happens in the criminal justice system. I'm Justine. And I'm Amanda. Hey, welcome to another Gin and Justice Legal Brief. I'm Amanda. I'm Justine. Um, Today we wanted to bring you some really good criminal justice reform news out of Virginia. Justine, take it away. Yeah, so we're really excited. This is a big step in criminal justice reform. We just learned a couple days ago on March 24th that Virginia Governor Ralph Northam abolished the death penalty in Virginia. (laughs) So the reason that's so important is because Virginia is now the first southern state who has abolished the death penalty. And I am reading from Madeline Carlisle reporting for The Time that Virginia's use of the death penalty dates back over 400 years, um, back to when the colonists used to execute people in Virginia, uh, in Jamestown. Um, Also, Madeline Carlisle reports that since 1976, the state of Virginia has executed 113 people, a higher percentage of death row inmates than any other U.S. state, and the highest number of state executions, second only to Texas. So, <laughs> we love Texas. <laughs> um, so, again, that's Madeline Carlo from The Time. Um, and, Amanda, the governor actually signed the bill in the Greenville Correctional Center, which is actually the prison that holds all the death row inmates. Wow. So that's just such a powerful message, and I can't imagine how the inmates must have felt knowing that the governor was there basically changing their life. Saving their life. Saving their lives, exactly. Um, And he is quoted as saying, it is a powerful thing to stand in the room where people have been put to death, and it reinforced for me that signing this new law is the right thing to do. So... So awesome. Yeah, so... um, I also have some facts from the our friends at the ACLU. And again, I'm on their website. Great resource. Um, I'm going to let you guys know again. So the ACLU talks about how the death penalty in the United States is uh, disproportionately affects people of color. Um, but they also talk about how it's um, applied in an unfair and unjust manner against people largely dependent on how much money they have, the skill of their attorneys, race of the victim, and where the crime took place. People of color are far more likely to be executed than white people, especially if the victim is white. And that's a direct quote from the ACLU's website. I want to point out that the number of exonerees from death row, real quick. Right. Because... The death penalty kills innocent people. Absolutely. And the ACLU talks about that as well. Um, And actually, the ACLU states that since 1973, over 156 people have been released from death row in 26 states because of innocence. And um, nationally, at least one person is exonerated for every 10 that are executed. These numbers are very alarming. So even just looking at that, um, 
156 people have been released from death row in 26 states. So that's 156 people who, but for them being able to prove their innocence, because as we uh, we know, once somebody's convicted and placed Mm -hmm. on death row, you have to prove your innocence. The burden of proof is different than when you're going through the trial originally. So 156 people. So that tells me that, like you were saying, that we're killing innocent people. Yeah. So. It's not okay. Yeah, and we have people that have been on death row since the 70s because there's mandatory appeals, um, which is good. I mean, Which costs taxpayer money. Right, again. And so taxpayer money is a huge thing. It actually costs more to have somebody on death row than it does to house them um, in life in prison. So in a maximum security life in prison, it actually costs more to house somebody on death row and um, take care of all their mandatory appeals. Right. So... So we just really wanted to share that criminal justice news with you. We were really excited about it. The other thing we want to touch on on our legal brief today, we did get some feedback from listeners. They wanted to know the difference between a civil citation and a criminal arrest or a criminal charge, basically. Mm -hmm. And so I know we touched on it a little bit in the ACLU episode. A civil citation has to do with money and monetary. So when it comes to different types of law. There's kind of two umbrellas. There's criminal and then there's civil. And then under civil, of course, there's a lot of branches such as family, business contract, all of that. But generally all civil law deals with money. You're not really facing jail or prison um, unless you're contempt of court, which is a different story that I won't get into. Um, But with criminal, you are facing losing your liberty, losing your freedom and being imprisoned, um, placed in jail, placed in custody, given criminal fines, given a criminal record. So... I believe what Natisha was talking about with the civil citations is giving people non-moving violations for things such as drug crimes or, um, you know, somebody's first offense. That way they're given a a fine, a citation, um, rather than a criminal charge. You know, instead of making people criminals very early on in life. And it'd actually be nice if, if they feel the need to punish people who are addicts. It would be nice to give them a civil citation rather than arrest them yeah and put them in the overpopulated jails and prisons right right country it would definitely help clear up the uh, problem of mass incarceration and you know um maybe if they get a civil citation and come to court maybe there's some type of offer of treatment so right that would be nice yeah so and then amanda i know you wanted to touch on something as well yes the Derek chauvin trial starts today um A.K.A. the uh, killing of George Floyd. Correct. Um, I just wanted to let everybody know that it's going to be highly televised. And if you're watching it and you see something procedurally that you don't quite understand or you think that needs to be explained better, um, hit us up and we would love to talk about it. Yeah, we do get a lot of feedback from listeners asking us to explain things. And when we do, we tend to put out these legal briefs and we love putting them out or we'll touch on in an intro. So we love to hear from you guys. Again, I am Justine at ginandjusticepodcast.com. And I'm Amanda at ginandjusticepodcast.com. So we would love to hear from you. And thank you for this week's legal brief. And we will see you next time on Gin and Justice. All editing for Gin and Justice done by Gin and Justice Podcast. Artwork by Justin Cardone. Photography by Kimber Schwakey. We'll see you next time on Gin and Justice.